Welcome to Warrensville Reaching New Heights. I'm your host, June Scharf, and by day, I'm also the Director of Communications over at the City Hall. I've had the pleasure of doing some projects with a lady named Renee DeLuca Dolan, and she's the owner of a graphic design and communications firm named Contempo Design and Communications, right here in Warrensville Heights. The work that comes out of her office is exceptionally creative. You may have seen some of it in the signage over at Progressive Field because the Indians are one of her big clients. One of the points she stresses here is the need to have a brand strategy. So if you're a business owner, this is something maybe you haven't given too much thought to, or maybe you have and it needs some fine tuning, but she will explain what you should be thinking about. So please consider this episode a mini masterclass in graphic design. Renee, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast. I'm thrilled to be in your office. I've never done one of these on location. So this is exciting. You have a beautiful office here in Warrensville Heights. And um, why don't we just get into sort of the history here. Um, you founded this company 20 years ago. I did. And um, was it located in Warrensville Heights back then? It was not. And just I want to back up and say thank you. I'm oh. honored to be part of your podcast. And um, I'm thrilled to be here in Warrensville Heights. I've been here 15 years. Wow. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah. My business is actually in its 23rd year. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. Um, prior to that, I had an office in Chagrin Falls, which was close to my home at the time I lived in Auburn Township. Mm -hmm. So it was really more of a convenience. And then my husband moved to this area, and um, he had a, a lot of space and said, why don't, why don't you come on over here? So I've been here now. This will be our 15th year. Excellent. Now, how would you describe the scope of what you offer at Contempo? So the scope of work, it's, it's broad, but it's specialized, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. I run a graphic design business, mm -hmm. but we also use our design to communicate. So we do a lot of visual branding work, which means corporate identity, logo design, marketing materials, branding guidelines, and standards. But in recent years, I'd say in the last 10 years, we started to really focus on bringing your brand into your environment. So for instance, we did a lot of work at Progressive Field in the center field area, all the concession stands, all the branded concession stands, the corner bar, the logo, that space. We created all the graphics on the walls, on the ceilings, on the floor, the menu boards. So it's not just about visual branding on paper or on a website. It's actually in your space and in your environment. So it's displays, a lot of displays. Displays, right. but I also think that companies are realizing that the space that their employees work in mm -hmm. is really important now. So it's graphics and murals and quotes on walls and employee recognition, mm -hmm. loyalty walls, donor walls in some nonprofit spaces. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a lot of environmental. In, in our world, we call it environmental graphic design. That's been a real focus. And then the third area of focus has really come about, I'd say in the last seven or eight years, is digital ad creative. There are a lot of companies now doing geo-targeted marketing online, whether it's on your phone or on a website um, specific to a target demographic and they need advertisements to deliver to these audiences. So we're doing a lot of that type of work today. And then we still do some traditional work, magazine, brochures, trade show displays. We're a group of creative individuals, so if you need us to be creative, we'll probably take that on. 
I just want to back up for a second. You said geotargeting, mm-hmm. and um, I generally understand that what that is, but just mm-hmm. for the audience, uh, for the education factor here, the opportunity, mm-hmm. why don't you just um, define what that is? Yeah, so um, traditionally in advertising and marketing, there were a lot of mass marketing and advertising opportunities, billboard, radio, TV, newspapers. Uh, cable, newspaper, mm-hmm. sure. I can't forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now with the digital technology available to us, you can say, I have a target demographic of women ages 30 to 50. They, I want to target women who have an annual household income of this and who enjoy music and arts. So now with the technology, you can actually identify who those people are and you can serve them very specific ads versus a more mass campaign that would be targeted through radio, digital, TV, newspaper. And that's delivered through Facebook or? Not, not? just Facebook, but um, it, yes, it can be delivered on social media channels, but it, it's um, like we all have a social security number. Mm-hmm. So online, we also have a dedicated address that okay. identifies who we are. Okay. So you're targeting these people wherever they're at. So when they're Googling something, it may show up in the, on the side. Yeah. Or Google. in their email sometimes. Uh, um, there's advertising. Like an AOL. I'm sorry. I admit it. I, I do have an email, a AOL email address. I don't use it exclusively, but there are ads on the side, so that's where they can get you. And I've seen that. Yeah, before. or they're targeting, even now they can target a competitor. So say you're in the retail business mm-hmm. and you sell shoes mm-hmm. and you want to attract more clients to your destination versus the the shoe store or the department store down the street well as those people are pulling into the parking lot Mm -hmm. you can actually now identify who they are and you can serve them banner ads that say hey we're having a shoe sale Mm -hmm. so So it's really targeted and very specific based on analytics and who you want to target and also the gps component they know Mm -hmm. where you are right you're there so they're reaching you in real time right where you're at Right, and now even... Which is a little scary, but... It, it, it is, but for marketers and advertisers, yeah. it's a great way to really hone in on who yeah. it is that um, you want to market or advertise to. And on our end, our goal is to make that creative as powerful as possible because mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of real real estate. Mm-hmm. A banner ad online or on a mobile phone, they're small. They're not big spaces to work in. Animation works a lot better with Mm -hmm. these ads and video. So it just depends on the client and what it is that we're branding or selling or... um yeah, and you also have about two seconds of attention span. <laughs> right, right. So hopefully that answers your question. Yes. Uh, okay, so who have uh, been some of your clients? So we've been very fortunate that since I started my business, um, the loyalty of the clients is really what has helped us grow. As they've grown, we have grown. When uh, Before I started my business, I was at American Greetings. Mm-hmm. So for the first probably 11, 10 years, American Greetings was a big client. So they, they like to... Um, give business back to the people who have been with the company. So they were a big client then. I haven't done any work for them recently, but current clients that are actually here in the city are WF Han and Sons. Mm -hmm. So we've done some signage for them in their foyer, so some environmental graphic work. We're currently working on their website. We do their digital ad creative, and they also sponsor some of our events. Infinity Construction, um, they've been here in Warrensville Heights, I think, since the inception of their business. So we've really done all of their work except for their logo design. We've done their website, all of their marketing materials, trade show. We just did the design of their foyer, conference room, and training room mm-hmm. as far as graphics on the walls and um, some signage in that space as well. 
Uh, the Cleveland Indians we've been doing business for, we're the preferred design partner for them. And we're going on, I believe, 15 years, and they don't have any creative in-house. Okay. So we do almost 500 projects a year for them. Wow. So that's a, that's a lot of work and a lot of fun. Um, you know, depending upon whether it's a spring training. Uh, this year we're really excited because the All-Star Game is coming to Cleveland mm-hmm. um, at Progressive Field. So we're doing a lot of that work right now. We've had a few years of some postseason and a World Series in there. So that was really exciting for the team here because they're all big sports fans, all of the designers that work on the Indians account. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do work for some um, entrepreneurs and um some smaller companies in there will work directly with a CEO or a um, maybe somebody that runs a company, but our typical client is a VP of marketing, branding, communications, because they see the value in what we bring to the table and they have the strategy in place and we help them with the implementation. So just back to the Indians, um, it sounds like there's a quick turnaround on some of those projects. Oh, definitely. That gets a little stressful, maybe. Well, it does, but we've been doing it a long time, Mm -hmm. and now this is our season. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks that when the baseball season starts is actually when we would be busy, but we're busy right now getting ready for them to start the season. So between the first of the year and opening day, that's our busy season, and we'll actually take on some freelance um, contracted designers to help with the workload because it is a lot of work. Um, We try to provide a lower stress environment Mm -hmm. because nobody wants to go to work and be stressed out. Um, Mm -hmm. So we do allow the creative team to hire on some assistants during this time of the year, and they always do. Yeah, well, Renee, you strike me as someone who's just grace under pressure. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a pressure um, industry, and you have to keep up. And if you don't keep up, you're going to fall behind, and I don't think I'd be in business Um, If I haven't kept up, and it's really for us, it's been about what are the client's needs. Mm -hmm. So as the clients are growing, we always ask them, what is it that we can help you with? And if it's not a service that we have in our wheelhouse, we'll find an expert or a specialist to help, whether it's writing or maybe it's SEO or programming websites was a big thing. We were able to design websites, but some of the back-end programming uh, that some people wanted, we weren't able to give them, so we hired somebody mm-hmm. on a 1099 contractor basis that has been wonderful. He's in our second year working with him. And so he, our design team is doing the front end and he's doing the back end. So we've really looked at the needs of the customer mm-hmm. and that's how we've grown our business. Well, what do you find fulfilling about your work? <laughs> I think the most fulfilling thing for me is the connection with the clients and then being able to um, take their ideas and actually make them happen. A lot of people that we work with are not necessarily creative, but they have ideas. They just don't know how to get them done. So I think my greatest, um, I think, uh, honor that I can get from my clients is they'll have an idea and they'll say, uh, Renee, we'd like you and your team to create a magazine. And they're not really sure what the content should look like or what the piece should look like. And then seeing that actual piece and seeing them and it actually helps them build their career and their business because they're satisfied with the work that we're doing. So it makes them look good, and obviously it's fulfilling to us. Well, I am going to be that very client because uh, for the city, um, you'll be doing some work on the magazine, which I'm very excited about. Um, I'm looking to take it in a new direction, and I'm looking forward to what we can do. So just putting that out there. And we're excited, too, to be doing, we have three or four clients now that we're doing what we call custom publishing pieces Mm -hmm. for magazines. There was a time when people were really shutting down on print, but I 
think people are starting to realize that that is still a very good way to get your message out in branding and marketing through a printed piece. People still want to touch and feel and hold things in their hands. So we have a lot of people that are coming around this year saying they want some custom publishing work. So we're looking forward to working with the city. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the perfect segue then is uh, right now with the magazine that you had uh, known as Cleveland Business Connects for, you had that for about 10 years. 10 years. So tell us about that experience. So that was, we had done a couple of magazines and we had started to do uh, corporate events as a way to market our services to our mm-hmm. clients and our prospects and to get some brand awareness and be out there in the community. And we were looking for a resource for events, just what are some good venues, where do I get speakers, what are the groups going on around town? And there really wasn't anything in the marketplace. So when we started, we did a pilot, I talked to some event planners, and they said, wow, this this would really be great. And so we started the magazine with the focus of corporate events and networking. And then we realized there was another underserved market in the print magazine business in Cleveland and really across the country. And that was focused on women in business. There were a lot of publications that catered to men 50 plus in our region and other regions, but there was nothing here. Um, So we did that for 10 years. We were publishing at first 11 issues a year, then we went down to six issues. And we did one um, annual publication that covered corporate event venues, networking associations for people in the region. Um, and then last year, in twenty, actually 2017, we published our last issue that came out in the beginning of 2018. And that was focused on um, networking and women in business at the time still. We just weren't able to sustain the advertising support in print. And we talked about doing an online version but it was the same thing. We'd have to get the ad support, and at the end of the day, the part of the magazine that I really enjoyed was the creative part. The art direction, the cover design, working with folks, so we decided to step back and go back to what we originally started with, which was creative and design, and now we're doing other people's magazines and getting paid for it, (laughs) so it's great. Yeah. Um, Well, you mentioned American Greetings. Mm -hmm. You worked there for how long? I was there for almost three years. It was one of my first jobs out of school and I was a visual design consultant, um, but that was a very formal way um, and a very upscale way. I worked in the visual communications and multimedia department Uh and I did speaker support for all of the executives. And back then it was slides. We, We weren't even using computers. So I had a dark room off of my office and I actually made slides in a dark room and then I would work with all the sales executives and all the top executives to put on presentations for back then it was like Acme Click and Kmart and companies that were selling carts. Mm -hmm. So at a very young age I was exposed to top executives in a very big corporation so I think that helped build my confidence in communicating with executives. I have no problem calling the president of a company and mm-hmm. saying, you know, uh, we want you to speak at an event, or I'd like to s- talk to somebody about, you know, possibly collaborating with you on creative business. So I think that really helped me in that corporate environment, even though it wasn't for me, I think it helped me grow as an individual. And I met some of the most talented people that I know creatively and writers and designers and illustrators that I, I, I still keep in touch with today. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you have uh, an intense entrepreneurial spirit, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And I'm just wondering, uh, where did that come from? 
You know, that's interesting. When I was going to school, I studied graphic design, and I always studied fine art. I went to Willoughby School of Fine Arts as a kid. I went to the Cleveland Institute of Art. I was one of four students that was placed there in high school to um, learn more about, you know, painting and drawing and photography. Um, I was also sent to the uh, Cleveland Institute, no, I'm sorry, the Pittsburgh Institute of Art with some other classmates to pursue maybe a, a degree there. Obviously, I didn't end up going to school there. So fine arts and design were always in my background. Um, but when I went to um, Kent and discovered graphic design in their program, I thought this is definitely you know the place for me, but they didn't have entrepreneurship back mm -hmm. then. The College of Business wasn't focused on that. I really, to be honest with you, didn't really know what it was because mm -hmm. I didn't have anybody in my family that ran a business. Okay. So I, um, I stayed at Kent and I went on to work, actually I lived in Atlanta for a while and I was in sales, I had a sales job. So again, great opportunity to learn. And then when I came home, I did some multimedia work, mm -hmm. video work, and then I went to American Greetings and I realized in that large corporate environment that it would be hard for me or it would take a very long time for me to get to the top. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that I ever could have done that in that environment. So I asked if I could go out on my own um, because I had a client that wanted me to do some work for them because a lot of the um, artists did that. Mm -hmm. They did work like from home or on their own and I was on the corporate side and they, my boss said, well, we, we don't do that. <laughs> no side hustles. Right, and I said, well, I guess I'm putting in my two-week notice. I was sort of surprised. Mm -hmm. So um, I left and I worked at home not really knowing, well, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm starting my own business. This is just what I did out of necessity. Mm -hmm. And then I was getting really busy. I called everybody I knew and I said, this is what I'm doing. If you know anybody that needs any work, I did a lot of newsletters back then and a lot of invitations and brochures. And when I started to get busy, it was less than a year into my business. I just didn't want to bring people in my house. I know a lot of people run home businesses that way. And so I got a small office in Chagrin Falls. And when I outgrew that space, I came here into Warrensville Heights, which has allowed us to grow. But I, I guess I always had that entrepreneurial spirit. I think it came from independence as a kid. I was just always that way. I got my first job when I was 14. Really? Doing what? I was a hostess okay. um, at York Steakhouse, which is funny because I'm a vegetarian. Um, <laughs> but I always worked really hard, and I always thought um, you know, I had an independent spirit. Uh -huh. Um, at a very young age, and even at American Greetings, I designed a card line um, that I sold oh, wow. on my own mm -hmm, with some of the art, digital art that I was doing. So I guess that was just something that I always had in me, but I didn't know that I would be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Well, Renee, I think you're also a very independent thinker. Mm -hmm. So you, along those lines, you created the annual Female Entrepreneur Summit. I did. And that was a day of education for Northeast Ohio women in business. So can you just describe what prompted you to produce this event and how many people you've had attending it and even your plans for the future? Sure. So that, again, came out of what I would call a necessity. I, myself, as a female entrepreneur, was looking for resources and opportunities to get other female entrepreneurs together. And there are some great women's networking organizations in Cleveland and nationwide. But there wasn't an event at the time. This is our. This will be our eighth year in 2019. So when we started planning this, which was almost nine, ten years ago, there wasn't one event that brought female entrepreneurs together in Northeast Ohio. So I thought, well, this is a great opportunity. And we've had 
speakers from Ariana Huffington from the Huffington Post to Diana Nyad, the woman that swam from Florida to Cuba, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the founders of Rent the Runway. We've had some really great keynote speakers. And this year, we the event is on October 23rd. Our keynote is Natalie Molina Ninos. She wrote a book called Leapfrog. And she talks about women in business and taking the chance and not being um, afraid to follow your dreams and follow entrepreneurship. So she'll be coming in from New York for the event. But the goal really is to get women together to learn and be inspired and to network. I mean, why do we go to events? We hope to meet somebody. For what reason? To maybe get a referral from a resource or help us grow our businesses. Mm-hmm. So we've implemented a an intentional networking session that has become the most popular session of the day and it's facilitated by patrice blakemore she's was my business advisor at goldman sachs Ten Thousand small businesses oh that's a great program yeah, yeah i went through that program two years ago and she facilitates the um, session and people walk out of there with actual leads mm-hmm. and if you don't she she calls you out and makes sure that at least you have one business lead to follow up on and then we continue that intentional networking throughout the year and our first event it's for speakers and sponsors of last year's event mm-hmm. is at the foundry um, on march 6th and we will continue that intentional networking throughout the year until fest starts in uh on until fest debuts again on october 23rd and where have you been holding this event? Oh boy, we've been all over town. Um, we've been to at the Wyndham Hotel downtown. We've been to Cleveland State's venue. We have been to uh, 700 Beta Drive. This year, we're not exactly sure of the venue. Um, we, we like to move downtown, but unfortunately, the, the increase in the price from doing something in the suburbs to downtown is just astronomical. And we're not necessarily looking to make money on the event, but we certainly don't want to lose money. Right on the event. How many people roughly attend this? Last year we we actually maxed out of the space that we were in. That's why we're looking for a larger venue. We were at 320. Wow. That's great. Yeah, it's just a great day for women to come together and um, support one another and really learn. That that was the feedback that we got last year. Um, One of the attendees who also represented a sponsor said, I got one golden nugget out of every single session or panel discussion during the day. Mm-hmm. And, and that's great. And I did too. <laughs> um, so I myself am, our, am a participant in the day. I spoke on a panel about visual branding, mm-hmm. but I also pr- participate in the day. So it's a day for me too. Mm-hmm. So when I'm setting up the agenda, I think to myself, what are things that I'm interested in or what are maybe pain points for me that I would want to hear from an expert or somebody that has um, expertise in that topic? Well, you seem to have great command, I have to say, but uh, have there been any role models or major influences in your life that help guide you along the way? You know, I think um, there's been different mentors that I've had, um, not necessarily entrepreneurs, which is interesting. I've never really had an entrepreneurial mentor. Um, My mother has been a great asset for me, Um, very strong woman, uh, basically a single mom. My parents were divorced when I was younger. She's a hairdresser, Mm -hmm. and she's 78 years old and still um, cutting hair and coloring hair today. Mm -hmm. So she's been a great influence for just um, a drive. You can do whatever you set out to do, very encouraging, very Mm -hmm. motivating, good work ethic. Mm -hmm. I have another um, gentleman named John Lehman that I actually met in college. He was in the creative business 
really a sales guy though. And he has mentored me on selling and marketing and, and running my business. So it's been more one-to-one mentoring. And then a woman that I worked for at American Greetings, Pat Papish, she was one of the first female presidents of one of the divisions of American Greetings. And I remember being there as a 23-year-old looking at her saying, wow, there's not a lot of women at top positions. And after I left, she stayed on and then she actually retired from American Greetings and does consulting now and we reconnected believe it or not when we were shopping at Heinen's and now we're we're friends <laughs> so she's been a huge mentor for me um, and female entrepreneurs probably from afar I mean there's a lot of women that I look at like the women that started rent the runway I mean they started that business um, in their college dorm and one of them sold out her portion and we're gonna have to look up the numbers but I think it was close to 84 million dollars mm-hmm. That's a fascinating story. I listened to another podcast uh, where they were guests, and what I found most interesting is I think it was um, Neiman Marcus that they approached Mm -hmm. with the idea, and there were naysayers that said, why would we... You know, rent the clothes when we, you know, we want to have buyers. And the guy at Neiman Marcus told them that uh, people are already borrowing the clothes, mm-hmm. leaving the tags on, and bringing them back. Sure. So you can't fight that reality. So th- why not join them? <laughs> so yeah, um, and they've done a phenomenal job. And when they spoke, the one thing that I don't think I realized or anybody is they have the largest logistics company in the country and maybe in the world now because they own those dresses. They have to dry clean them. They have the largest dry cleaning and fulfillment center. So it's really amazing and listening to them and how they built the business and you know they their goal was to scale it. Mm -hmm. So they got the right investors involved and the right people to make that happen for them. So I was really impressed uh, by their story. I mean Ariana Huffington, all of the women that we've had at Fest, but now you're hearing more and more about female entrepreneurs and what they're doing and Mm -hmm. some of them are doing it for necessity, and some of them are doing it because they have the, the entrepreneurial spirit. I think a lot of women back into it too. Mm-hmm. They identify a need and sure. they decide they're going to do something, and then and then it starts scaling, and then you know here we are. Yeah, <laughs> with so. a big business potentially. Uh, all right. Well, since you're in the graphic design business, um, what are some of the mistakes you see companies making when it comes to their branding? Well, I think over the years, what I would say is that they don't have a strategy in place. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really important because we can design something mm-hmm. that looks really great. And people will look at it and say, wow. But if it doesn't have a purpose or it's not part of a bigger strategy, maybe it sits in a box and it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's not going to the right people. So I would say from a design standpoint, get your strategy in place and then find a firm that's really good at implementation. Okay. Um, whether and, and have some standards put in place. I've seen a lot of companies that have been around for a long time and they'll come to us to maybe do one piece because we're just starting out working with them. And I'll say, do you have a standards guideline that we can follow? Meaning, you know, colors, fonts, image selection, what to do and what not to do with the logo. And they'll say no. And that's just really shocking to me because over the years they may have used multiple vendors or multiple agencies or design firms to implement a piece for them and they have no standards. And you'll look at, and and it's always shocking to me to see the reaction. I'll ask them, just put a pocket folder, a business card, piece of letterhead, maybe something other and print on the table. And let's say their main color is blue, every single blue on that table is a different color. Mm-hmm. So it's something really simple as that that people don't realize, but I would say 
getting a really great strategy in place and then you know hiring a firm that has the expertise and the knowledge to implement would be the best advice that I could give to anybody looking for branding. Okay, and um, you do make time for your hobbies. Mm -hmm. You're a runner, sometimes with your dogs. Um, what kind of dogs do you have? So I'm not really a runner, that's okay. fake. Um, I run in the woods for a reason, so nobody can see me. Um, <laughs> I'm more of a hiker, okay. and you know, but I got to the point where that was sort of boring, so I read about interval yeah. running. So I walk for six minutes, and I run really fast for one minute, mm -hmm. and then you walk for three, and then you um, run for a minute. So I would say I do more of that, and I do more hiking um, than I do running. But there's times, like in the summer, when it's really nice, and I can run down the hill really fast. Mm -hmm. um, so that goes on for about six minutes. But yeah, we have five dogs. Um, so wow. we have a yellow lab, a chocolate lab, a Rhodesian Ridgeback, and two of her puppies. So yeah, so wow. we have our own little... Um, kennel. <laughs> yeah, we do. We actually do have a kennel. Um, and it's great. You know, it's something to look forward to at the end of the day. I try to walk and hike with them every single day. Even, you know, in the, in the cold, I just gear up for it and they love it and so do I. That's great. And you're an enophile. Did I say that right? A wine? It, it's on your bio. I did my oh, research. Oh, right. You like to drink wine. That's I what that do. is. I do. I've always, you know, over the years, um, my husband and I have traveled a little bit to Santa Barbara. We've only been to Napa once, but we like the local wine areas. So mm -hmm. the Finger Lakes region is really nice. We've been to the Traverse City area for those wineries. Um, it's just, it's fun. Um, and it's very subjective. It's like art. Yeah. You know, I could taste something and you could say, oh, yeah. I don't like that. So I think that's the beauty of wine tasting and it's never ending. Oh yeah. Um, and it's very social and we like to go to these little farms and this is, this is their livelihood. Mm -hmm. And it's really neat to see, you know, maybe grandpa in the vines like picking grapes and mm -hmm. grandma and like a niece or a granddaughter in the tasting room. It, it's a really, it's agriculture and it's farming and it's just a really interesting way to spend some time have you been to Geneva? There's we a, have. A yeah, we've definitely done our um, local wine region a number mm -hmm. of times. Um, we probably spend the most time in the Finger Lakes. Okay. And you like cooking? I do. I love to cook. Um, I'm a vegetarian. Actually, my son corrects me often. I'm a pescatarian because okay. I do eat um, seafood. But I love to cook. I mean, I cook every single night mm -hmm. uh, during the week. I like that's the. I think that's a creative thing for me too. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother was always cooking. So, you know, I can make a recipe without following a recipe, mm -hmm. but I'm always trying to try something new just for variety. Um, and then most of the bigger parties in the holidays are at my house and I, mm -hmm. I try not to cater it. You know, mm -hmm. I, can, I can handle, um, you know, maybe 25. Wow. Um, but if it gets more than that, then I need some help. Um, but I enjoy it. It's really an outlet for me. It's a creative outlet. Cooking is very creative. And your son, what? How old is he? So he is fourteen and a half, mm -hmm. um, and he's he's not into cooking, but he's really into sports, baseball. He likes and basketball and snowboarding, mm -hmm. anything that um, has to do with competition. He's very competitive. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, I do want to mention that um, you volunteer for the Northeast Ohio Adoption Services. I, I do. I have been um, a part of that organization. My son is adopted. Mm -hmm. So he was in foster care, and that's an agency in Warren, but they can help place um, any of the 4,000 kids that are looking for homes in the state of Ohio. So what I do on a volunteer basis is I help them with an event mm -hmm. um, that they do every year to raise money um, to actually help 
the help families adopt the children. There's no cost to them. It's a nonprofit organization, mm -hmm. but it does cost money because there's caseworkers involved mm -hmm. um, to help uh, pair up the families and to educate the families. Um, and make sure they're safe families. To prepare the kids mm -hmm. for um, foster care and adoption. And that event usually takes place in the fall. That's been at Progressive Field the last three years. We did it at Brown Stadium one year. I think I'm missing a venue um, because it will be going into our sixth year. But that's a great event. So I really help sell sponsorships, sell tickets, and volunteer in any way that I can you know, help them to raise money. It's not just a Warren-based um, initiative. And that's why I, I said to them, well, we should really get more eyeballs on this in Cleveland. And since I had a lot of connections. So I know they're out actually looking at space. I believe this week for the uh, 2019 event, but it's always in September. It's usually that third September okay. um, of the year. Well, you're doing a tremendous job, Renee. I have to congratulate you. And if anyone needs graphic design, this is definitely the place to come. So thank you so much for your time and for sharing your wisdom. Well, thank you, June, for having me. It's been a great experience, and I, I can't wait to um, actually start working with you this year.